Well, the police clearly are, are calling uh, for reinforcement, both from the police side and also from the the for, 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 from the military as, as well. So, so, so these are the concerns they are raising here at the the, the, the right opposite the electoral commission. So, uh, if you can hear me, this is the situation here uh, at the. EC headquarters where a number of NDC supporters have invaded the premises. In fact, they've blocked the roads and that they have decided. We'll go back to Chrissy Parker Wilson shortly. Uh, Evans mentioned the numbers mm. uh, are increasing there, uh, even as supporters of the NEC mass up. Winston Amar will be joining Evans Mensah shortly. But let me take you now. Uh, the EU Observer Mission is holding a press conference. Let me say that the election day was a success, both for the people of Ghana and for the election administration. Polling was organized in an efficient and transparent manner and took place in a peaceful atmosphere. The vast majority of our European Union young observers politically, positively assessed the voting process and the election environment generally. Voting was well conducted. Party agents were present at all polling stations and verification of voters was implemented. Counting was transparent in the presence of party agents who signed the results and received copies, which is critical transparency measure. Ghanaians voted freely, and while there were isolated violent incidents, both on election day and during the campaign, so my full solidarity to the victims and to their families. Fears about violence and vigilantism fortunately didn't materialize. They were minor, they were isolated incidents, some of them even tragic ones. The Electoral Commission complete, completed technical preparations for the elections in a timely manner. Nevertheless, the way the European uh, the Electoral Commission leadership is appointed is not inclusive and does not build public confidence. All seven Electoral Commission members are selected by the President of Ghana for an indefinite tenure and without consultation or consensus with the opposition. This is a fact. On a positive note, we consider that there are not unreasonable restrictions on the right to vote. And we can assess that the registration process was inclusive and concluded with no serious challenges to the number of registered voters nationwide or in regions. The presidential race was unique contest featuring among the 12 candidates a president and a former president. And for the first time, and this is very important, we have a woman running as vice presidential candidate on behalf of one of the major parties. However, our mission has also noted that women are significantly underrepresented in Ghanaian politics. The campaign was highly competitive and often confrontational and was dominated by the president and opposition leader. Due to COVID-19, Large rallies were replaced by smaller outdoor events and frequent door-to-door visits. With the exception of a few isolated violent incidents that I spoke about them before, and I want to express again my solidarity with the victims and their families, campaigning and voting were peaceful. However, constantly increased cost of running campaign are a matter of concern.
several of our interlocutors raised concerns about the monetization of politics in Ghana. Unregulated campaign finance, the reportedly common practice of vote buying and the prevalent misuse of state resources for electoring purposes created an uneven playing field. It would benefit future elections in Ghana if these were addressed. The media environment in Ghana is vibrant and diverse, but also polarized. During the observation period, the media operated freely and managed to provide voters with sufficient information on both the NPP and NDC and their flag bearers. However, state-owned media favored the ruling party and its presidential candidate, mostly I'm speaking on TV. Through extensive coverage of news and live broadcasts and inauguration and projects launched by the president and other government representatives. Our mission also monitored social media, which, as we know, is playing an increasingly important role in elections across the world. The two main parties deployed social media teams who posted content in a coordinated manner across a range of platforms to promote their presidential candidate and discredit the rival. Sadly, misinformation spread by both sides risk confusing voters and interfering in the formation of electoral opinions. Last but not least, domestic observers contributed to the transparency and credibility of this process. The CODEO network, with support from the Center for Democratic Development and also the Institute for Democratic Governance and the WANEP, deployed observers. Domestic observation is organized, credible, and well perceived by the stakeholders. So my address is over and I am open to you. So here is uh, how we go about uh, the uh, questions. Uh, please introduce yourself by name and uh, the media outlet who, work for, who you work for. And uh, we will take two questions uh, at a time. So um, we have two microphones in, in the room. I, I kindly ask you basically to use those microphones. Uh, so uh, please, uh, yes. Briefing. Uh, I'm Louise DeWast with AFP News Agency. I have three questions, but they're very short, so I'll make it brief. Uh, first question, do you have any indications that you can give on the turnout? Uh, second question, police said that five people have died and 19 were injured during election and post-electoral violence. Does that match what you have, what, you, what you've observed? Are there more uh, incidents that you have recorded? And third question, the uh, opposition party has just finished a press conference uh, calling on its supporters to mass up. Is that a worry? Thank you. Final question was Well, I'll begin by the last question. We are not a political body. We are an independent team, an independent observation mission. Even we are independent from the actual uh, uh, head of mission of the European Union in Accra as well from the European Parliament. So we are an observer mission. What uh, any party does, it belongs to politics, 
and we are here just to observe the elections and to provide uh, recommendations in our final report. So this is one. The second thing, it is, I said twice, that uh, very tragic events happened and people died. Up to our knowledge, in all the procedure, there was something like 61 in accordance with security services report that, uh, I mean, you could call them as uh, violent incidents. Some kind of violence that, of course, is, they are not the same. But when we see the election, it's like looking to the horizon. The horizon is not 10 meters, it's the full horizon. So we are just saying that, uh, in general, the elections were in a peaceful way with tragic incidents. The tragic incidents were not were the general outcome. The general outcome was a peaceful approach, a peaceful action, and uh, elections going, let me say, in a correct way. This is our approach, and uh, violent incidents were minor, and let me say, uh, you could establish counting little, I mean, in not such amount, great, great uh, uh, they were not so much. I mean, they were some, and I repeat, horizon is great, and we cannot just look to a part of it. It is the general outcome of the elections, and the general outcome, it was in a peaceful way. Maybe I can ask for the turnout uh, question. Yes, yes, do it, please, Gabriel. Uh, and the question is on turnout, what we can say that also what Chief Observers just said, that on election day we saw that uh, voters were participating in elections very freely and in large numbers. But in terms of the specific figures, we as a mission, we are not projecting the results or we are not announcing results night the turnout. This is something that has to be done by the Electoral Commission. So we are waiting for the EC official results and also official turnout. Um, next question, please. Do we have any, any more questions? Uh, yes. yes, Joy. Yes, my name is Manuel Kranting. I work with Joy News. Um, the Electoral Commission in Ghana um, had given itself a 24-hour timeline to declare the results, which um, obviously has been uh, revived, and we're yet to hear the results now. Um, news coming through says that the supporters of the main opposition party, the NDC, um, have masked up at the offices of the Electoral Commission, uh, piling pressure on it to declare the results. I want to pick your um, reactions to this particular um, you know, development and how you think it's going to impact on the processes, as you've just uh, mentioned now. Thank you. Well, Mrs. Mensah told us that uh, they wished to present the results the next day at 5 o'clock. Uh, the reality is not that they are late. The point is that they have to be, and they will be. In accordance with the legal frame of Ghana, there is no dateline. And so being late, I think, is not the issue. This is the first point. The second one. We are an electoral commission. We are an electoral observation mission, excuse me. And we are not here to establish who is winning or not winning. Please don't uh, confuse yourself and uh, don't confuse. I mean, we are not a court. We are just observing how the lessons were, and this is capital important, that we were not just 
in the day of the elections. Because an election, an election process is not a line of persons waiting for under the sun and a ballot box and someone getting inside the box a ballot paper. The electoral procedure begins one month before and it is all the way even after. That's why we came here on 31st of October and not the day before of the elections. And what we are doing here is neither giving a decision because we are not a court, we are an observation mission, and just proposing what could be better for the next elections in our recommendations as we did before in 2016. So please, neither we are interested in the results, it's up to the Canadian people, neither we are uh, thinking that uh, some delay that is in accordance with the Constitution of Ghana, because there is no definite deadline, is going to affect what we have seen. We have seen what we have seen, and we are producing uh, the results of our presence at the election, at the election process. Uh, Alexander, do you want to say something? Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Harriet Nati. I host Diplomatic Affairs on Pan-African Television. I'd like to know you were in the country in 2016. It's 2020, four years ago. Um, based on the recommendations you gave after your observation, have we done anything better? Have we improved on our elections so far? Uh, we don't have opinions. We are dealing on facts. And I'll tell you, that in the recommendations that we presented after the 2016 elections, I was not here, uh, we presented 20 recommendations. From then, fifth, five, excuse me, were partly implemented. So, I mean, most, I mean, some of them that we think they are important, for example, uh, the control of funding of political parties during the election, to say something, uh, the uh, election of the Electoral Commission, for example, it is already included in these 20 recommendations, uh, were not changed. So what we do is to tell and to uh, recommend, make recommendations in order to get better elections in the future. And we do it in Ghana, no, we do it everywhere. But there is something that is capital important. I am Spanish. And as you can imagine, we are very near to countries like Venezuela. Venezuelan authorities asked and invited the European Union to attend the elections in Venezuela. We didn't. Even Josep Borrell, that he is the vice president, he's Spanish. I am Spanish. But we don't go to places where we are invited if there is not a democratic situation in the country, minimum democratic conditions. COVID is affecting everyone. It's a pandemic that is affecting everyone. European Parliament is closed, but the European Union is here because we have respect and we consider that Ghana is a democracy. We don't go to Venezuela, we came to Ghana. To Ghana. Okay, so we, we take two more questions. Hello, good afternoon. 
My name is Isaac Kohine from Class Media Group. Um, the officer just mentioned of the COVID. Um, the, he just mentioned of the COVID. I want to find out from him. Um, you came here to observe um, the election. Looking at the pandemic period that we are in, do you think um, the, um, the EC has officially go with the protocols that need to go that, that were put in place towards the election. I know you've been to most of the regions for an observation based on this period. Has the EC done enough for, for the voters to go through the procedure? Well, Thank you. I want to do a short introduction. Uh, this mission is a team. It's not me. And uh, I have, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I have a recognizement for all the members of the team, and that's why I think that uh, Alexander will answer. So when it comes to COVID and electoral commissions and measures taken by the electoral commission to enforce the COVID protocol, we as a mission noted that also during the vote registration exercise, which took place before the mission was deployed, uh, the Electoral Commission put in place uh, quite strict uh, COVID-19 prevention measures where people were asked to wash their hands, keep the social distancing and wear the face masks. Equally for election day, the EC advertised the policy of no mask, no vote. And uh, on top of it, we are aware that EC reduced the number of voters per polling station and consequently increased the number of polling stations to minimize the crowds on election day. And on top of it, they also introduced a so-called COVID-19 ambassador, meaning at every single polling station, there was a specific polling station staff with a role to enforce the COVID protocols. Our observations suggest that this protocol measures, uh, COVID-19 protocol was largely respected at the polling stations, but of course there were also cases when approach of the polling staff to enforcing the COVID protocol was more relaxed and I think given the circumstances this is quite understandable. But overall we can commend the Electoral Commission for trying their best to ensure that COVID-19 would not have a negative effect on, on election day. And uh, we're watching uh, this unfold uh, with the EU Observer Mission, and the role they play, Winston, is critical right. um, in, our, in our elections. It is important to hear what, what your view is on, on how, I guess, the elections had gone. Exactly, Evans, and they've been talking about how they came in in October, made recommendations, and they also talked about how the process has been, mm. uh, the fact that COVID-19 may have uh, impacted the campaigning season. Mm. However, that notwithstanding, the fact that we've been able to vote peacefully. I think the most important thing now is uh, the declaration of results, which all of us are waiting for, officially mm. from the Electoral Commission. And so that's what we're waiting for. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll keep a close eye. Uh, on that, uh, I understand that we can go to Anas Sabit, uh, who is in the uh, Bono uh, region. Hello, Anas. Um, we're going to be getting uh, his uh, his take. One of the things we want to do for you in the parliamentary, where the dispute is currently, um, is to break it down so you could follow us in terms of you know who has won what. Um, uh, this is the Bono East picture that Anas Sabit is, is joining us to clarify. Um, <clears throat> you see the constituencies there. Uh, Bono East, we've said, is NDC. Remember? Yeah, we had projected it. it. 
We are projected that NDC will win it. We'll win it and as the picture has, has shown, it's pan now. It is evidence, but you know, the, 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 the interesting thing about Bono East is that you're actually expecting the NPP in the parliamentary, for instance, to win Techiman North and in Kranza North with Major Derek Drew yeah. is member of parliament. Now, mm. he loses out in, you know, Monday's election, but of course the NPP uh, wins, uh, you know, King Tampo South, the win Techiman <coughs> South and Pru West. Sydney West, we're told, is currently in dispute. Uh, one or two issues not adding up, and so we cannot uh, bring you results from that particular uh, constituency. Let, let's get a nurse to give us a breakdown. I'm going to do the numbers. I'm going to do the numbers for you um, as he does that. Hello, Anas. Um, I know it's been a, a long, torturous last few days, but let's try and see if we can settle this uh, dispute with the numbers. Give us a sense of the the parliamentary picture now that um, you know all the counting is over, and we are waiting for the EC to. Put this all together, but we have a sense of this. Give us, give us, give us a picture. Uh, we have eleven constituencies. Um, out of the eleven, as I speak to you now, we have ten certified results. Uh, one is under contention, like you said, the Senate West uh, constituency. Before the twenty twenty elections. Uh, the NDC had six out of the 11. The MPP had five. As we speak to, uh, as I speak to you now, out of the 10 that is out now, the MPP had three, and the NDC is having seven of them. We're waiting for the Sydney West to be able to tell uh, the total picture, the complete picture of uh, the region now. Um, MPP lost four of uh, its seats it had in 2016, which man not in South. In Kranza North and South, and then the Atiwamantin uh, constituency. They were also able to uh, snatch two seats from the NDC, uh, the Pru West constituency. You have uh, the DC or the district chief executive who was the candidate for the MPP, uh, J- um, Stephen Jalula, winning that seat for the first time in the uh, party's history in that particular constituency. Same happened in the Kintampo. South constituency, the DC for the area, Alexander Jan, also winning that seat for the first time in the party's history in the Kintampo South constituency. So these were the two seats the MPP had, and they were able to um, to retain one of the the, the, the seats they are having. That is the Tichman South constituency. Uh, the deputy minister for regional organisation, Martin uh, Jemen Sakosa, is also going to parliament. Uh, so this is the picture from the uh, Bono East region assistance now. We have the, that of the presidential, but this is the parliamentary uh, resource I, I just gave out. Okay, yeah, thank you very much um, there, Anas bit. So that's a picture there, uh, Anas uh, joining us uh, to clarify uh, this. Uh, Winston? Exactly, so Evans, uh, you know that uh, when the NDC came out first, I just want to put this out, because when the NDC came out first, they talked about winning nine seats in the Bono mm-hmm. East region. They talked about Techiman South, yeah. uh, you know, also <coughs> going to the NDC. Now, from what Anas has told us, it does not look like Techiman South went to the NDC. Let's get the exact figures. From, Let's get the exact uh, figures. Techiman South. Because, Techiman um, South. Let's go to Techiman uh, South and in, 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 in parliamentary. Uh, just so, but this is the picture there. The picture. This is a picture as it stands yeah. right now. MPP has three seats in Bono, e, uh, in, in Bono East. NDC has seven. seven. Um, MPP has lost four. Yes. Four of the seats they used to hold. And, and, and one, two from and the one, NDC. And one, two from the NDC. But uh, net, 
they've lost. They've lost. There's they've a lost. net loss for them in there. And um, in the, I want to go to um, the the key thing you're talking about, Winston, which is the uh, picture uh, in um, the Chiman South. Here we go. Uh, okay, no, this is the yeah, upper, upper east. east. Let me pull the picture there for you from the uh, Bono East. Yeah, so this Tichiman South. Mm -hmm. And so Martin uh, Jamin Sarkosa mm. posed 49,682 votes. That's 50.2% uh, to beat the NDC's uh, mm. uh, Christopher, who polled 49,205 votes. So that's it. But when the NDC held its press conference on um, you know, uh, Monday night, they talked about having flipped the Techiman South and North constituencies from what the Electoral Commission has declared, of which we have here, the NDC did not win the Techiman South constituency in the parliamentary elections. And so in the Bono East region, out of 10 constituencies declared so far, the NDC has seven and the NPP has three seats. Okay, so um, that's, that's the point you made that is important because it has been disputed. Yes. I mean, the NDC claimed that they have won it. Yeah. The, we can tell you on authority that they haven't. They haven't won it. I yes. mean, and, and the NPP, in fact, has won it. The margins tell a story. Very, very tiny. Very, very tiny. Mar margins there. Um, I mean, let's do the math for those who are interested in these numbers. Uh, for them, sorry, uh, Wingsting. Let me bring it back. Yes, let's bring it back. Let me bring, let me bring the map back because the map is the only way you get the results. Exactly. Uh, here we go. Those are the maps uh, for those who are interested, Wingsting. Uh, this is four hundred, four hundred and seventy-seven margin. Okay, so that is four hundred, four hundred and seventy-seven. I mean, let's just do it this way. Let's um, use this. So that's uh, six hundred and eighty-two. Okay, so uh, my handwriting. Seven eighty-two, uh, two hundred and five. Because they all had forty-nine thousand, mm. so mm. two hundred and five. So what you do is that uh, you borrow one from here. So this gives you uh, seven. Okay, so there's seven. And this is um, seven. So seven. And this is four. 477. So 477 uh, votes difference. And so it was close. Very close. Uh, and I, I'm NDC. I'm trying to figure out why they probably may genuinely, honestly, may have gotten it wrong. Um, it, it possibly may not have been deliberate because if it's, this close, and you are working with polling station results, you may possibly be tempted to project a bit yeah. if you have a few polling stations to come. And if it's that tight, it could trick you into thinking in the beginning that you may have won. In fact, remember what we were trying to do the projection last night into this morning. Mm -hmm. Last night, we, we, we thought we could project, but it would be too dangerous too. Exactly. Because the margins, the difference between the Nado, and JM, as of last night, like early morning, right, around midnight, was very close. So do you project or do you give us a certain path to it and come in the morning and be, and be sure, you know? So I'm trying to picture maybe why the NDC got it wrong. Well, you know, because when results start trickling in, Evans, one of the things about results, when they start